Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Listen anytime you miss a service or want to hear a message again from our Sunday worship services and select special services. Lead Pastor Brian Bauer, as well as guest speakers, will bring messages that will help you encounter God, love people. Join us for virtual service on Facebook Live at Encounter Thrive. Or for those comfortable, we'd love to have you for our in-person services Sundays at 10. To learn about us, what we believe, how to connect, how to give, or how to find us, visit the all-new EncounterThrive.com. And now, here is our message. Good morning. So we are continuing our series in the Gospel of Luke, and we're in Luke chapter 1. We're going to finish chapter 1 today, and we're just going to highlight a few verses in that story. And we've been talking about what happened, and, and Luke was a doctor who researched uh, the story of this resurrected Jesus. He was not a believer. He wasn't a disciple. He was a guy who heard a lot of stories from a lot of people saying, who is this Jesus And why are so many people talking about him? And one of the things we're going to see today in the story of Luke is as he researches, he finds out about John the Baptist's birth and his parents, John the Baptist's parents, Zacchaeus and Elizabeth. And then he finds out about the birth of Jesus, Joseph and Mary, and, and, and all the things that happen along the way with it, and how amazing they were, and how much the Holy Spirit was working and doing things and preparing what he was about to do, right? How many of us have been unprepared or overprepared, right? This guy right here, this guy is overprepared, right? He knew 2020 was coming. He was like, I've got this, okay? This guy was set to go. How many of you during 2020, you went to get toilet paper, nowhere to be found, how many of you, without raising your hands, were like, I, I had to do things. <laughs> I had to do things I've never had to do, <laughs> right? Don't tell us it. Don't post it. Uh, we just believe you. We know it was a weird time, right? Here's another guy not as prepared, right? Here's a picture. This guy wasn't prepared, okay? He did not see that tree coming, right? And it's a sign. It's a post. We need to be prepared, We need to be ready to go. Some of you, you're prepping people, right? You're doomsday preppers. You got all the things. If you go away for a weekend, you're towing a U-Haul. That's just who you are. You are ready for all. You are the person no one wants to be behind at the airport, right? You know who you are. Some of you are proud of it. You're like, that's me. Yeah, just in case I want to wear three outfits on a Monday, right? You're set to go. And then there's some of you, you're like, I'm always right. And you are wildly unprepared, you know? You, you get to the airport and you're like, what do you mean you need my ID? And you just, nobody, you have no idea what they want, right? You don't know. You don't say bomb. Don't say bomb in an airport. And you're just like, oh, no, I'm the bomb, you know? And and like, no, we don't. You are unprepared, Right? And, and I, not that long ago, a few weeks ago, I took my son Nathan on a trip to Texas for a conference, and, and he saw a couple of colleges down there. But it's his first time on a plane and going through, you know, security, and he did great. Um, but you always see those people in the line. 
You always see the people who, they do this every day, and it's their job, and they've got it down, right? They've got shoes that somehow fall into their bag, and, and they don't even, it's like they don't even take them off, right? It's like TSA has seen them before, and they're like, you just go, you just go. And then the next person, the person who has never or hasn't flown in 10 years, and has no clue that it's not like getting on a bus, Right? What do you mean I got to take off my shoes? Man, it's been 20 years. You got to take them off. It's just the deal. Yes, it was like one guy who did it somewhere, but nonetheless, we all got to do it. It's just part of the deal. And you know what? For, for a couple of minutes, I can take them off, right? Because I don't want to die or be blown up. So I'm fine with it. We'll take them off, right? You've got to be prepared, right? The person who has the boots, the woman who has the boots up to here, laced up, that is not who you want to be behind at the airport. They're not prepared. They're not prepared. They're prepared for something, but it ain't the airplane ride, right? That's not who you want to be behind. They're just not prepared. The Holy Spirit is often working and preparing. Actually, I would even argue always. He's always working and preparing, even when we don't see it. And we see that through the rest of Luke chapter 1. Matter of fact, what's cool about this section of Scripture, it actually points to and proves the doctrine of the Trinity, that we believe in a God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible never uses the word Trinity because it basically says, figure it out. (laughs) It's pretty obvious there's a God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. But Luke talks about it. Luke, in his research, right, this is a man who's, when he's finishing his research, he has to say there's a thing, there's such a thing called the Holy Spirit. It's the part of the Godhead many God people don't like to talk about because they're uncomfortable with. It's the one I remember years ago, the first time we went. See, now you go to church now, everybody raises their hands at every church. Just about every church. You know, unless it's like a hardcore old denomination, people do this. Is it required to be? It's not required. Relax. You don't have to do it. But I grew up that before the time everybody did this. If you, if you went to one of these churches, you were in a cult. Like, oh my God. Oh no. Right, this is normal now. It was weird back then. Right? I wasn't prepared for it. I was like, what is happening? Why are people doing this? Does everybody have a question? I don't understand. The Holy Spirit moves on us and we respond. Or we just do it in adoration because we believe in Him. It's the part of the Holy Spirit some people are uncomfortable with. I don't, I don't like this. I want to I hold on the seat in front of me like a roller coaster because I'm going to fall off the ride. All right, fine. We have no requirements on that here. That's up to you. Right? Some people close their eyes during worship, which they must know the songs, right? Usually they do, not always. You know, right? You're always sitting by that person who's like, they're closing their eyes, but they don't know the words, and they're just singing whatever they want. Right? They're the worst. Sit over here, honey, right? You know those people, don't point. Um, we, we all have those moments. We need to be, and, but what's happening is moments, we're not prepared for the Holy Spirit. We don't like it. And sometimes the Holy Spirit move, moves, and he's, he's ready to move whether we're prepared or not. And that is the coolest and scariest thing. For those of us who want the Holy Spirit to move, we're like, this is awesome. And for those of us who don't, we're like, I'm out, get me somewhere else. 
Let's go back to church online. <laughs> That's what they say. So I want to highlight a few scriptures as we're going through Luke chapter 1 and what happened. So Luke chapter 1, verse 34, the angel appeared to Mary. We're not going through the whole thing because you guys know the story, and I just preached on this at Christmas. We preach on this every Christmas. And if you don't know the story, be at church more. All right, number 34, verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? So Mary's about to get pregnant, but she has not, you know, done the deed. And she's like, how is this going to happen? And the angel answers. He says, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now she's excited. She's like, this is amazing. And then she tells Joseph, and Joseph is not, not as excited, right? Can you imagine if your wife or your wife-to-be came to you and you have not, you know, done the thing? And she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. He'd be like, hey, we're not getting married, right? That's the end, like it's over, you know, it's not happening. Because, <laughs> you know, you're sitting on the other end and you're like, well, I know what we haven't done. And uh, I didn't take part in it, so what happened? And there's only one solution. And she's like, no, 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 God made me pregnant. <laughs> and now you're like, I'm really glad we're having this talk now. <laughs> And not in a few months, you know, when we're married. But the Holy Spirit did do it. The Holy Spirit did say, I choose you, Mary. I choose you to help bring God into the world. And so God does this miracle that's never been done before and won't be done since. And that miracle still happens today in a way, not that way. But the Holy Spirit does what we can't do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. If you have a God-sized dream, but you can accomplish it, it's not God-sized. It's you-sized. If you need God to do something on your behalf, but you're putting in all the effort, is it really God? God does amazing things. The Holy Spirit does unbelievable things. But he does things that we can't. See, you can't get pregnant without, you know, the thing, right? Or some form of the thing. If you don't know that, if you're like, no, I believe the news, then, then anybody can get pregnant anywhere. No, it's, a, it's not true. You need two key ingredients. If you need to know what those are, you can see me later today. But I'm not talking to you about it now, okay? Um, well, I know kids are dismissed, but we're not going there. So you need ingredient. Something's got to happen. And in this case, it wasn't, that had not happened. And, but the Holy Spirit moves on her behalf. And the Holy Spirit steps into time, moves into time so that God can come in and redeem us. See, God had not spoken for 400 years. Prophets, priests, they weren't hearing from God anymore. And then this little girl who's nobody, nobody knows her, but God knows her name. Nobody has seen her before. She's not famous. We would not know who Mary was in the vast expanse of history had it weren't for God having seen her. Someday somebody will know your name because God knew your name. 
if you say yes to him. And Mary, what's cool about God is he's a heart God. He sees the purity and passion of our hearts when nobody else does. He also sees the wickedness when nobody else does. You ever seen somebody who's like, oh, they're just amazing, and then you find out down the road, they're not so amazing, (laughs) right? You ever known somebody who was super nice, and then you're like, oh, they just wanted me to buy a timeshare, (laughs) right? I don't know how, but I bought into Amway. (laughs) What happened, right? Like, that's what happened. Well, what happened was you found out their heart, (laughs) you know, and their heart wasn't for you, it was for them, to be a little wealthier, to be a little further along, to be, right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, visit a used car lot anytime. You'll find out really fast. They will be your best friend for however long it takes you to sign in that line. And then they won't. (laughs) That's just part of it. But the other side's true too. You ever had assumptions about somebody and you're like, oh, they're the worst. And then you give it time and you're like, man, I'm the worst. They're pretty great. And I didn't, I was wrong. The Holy Spirit sees Mary's heart and the purity of it and says, I'm going to do something through you and on your life, and it's going to shake and change the world forever. I'm going to do what you can't. I got this. And she, and she does. She sees God do something unbelievable. He's working when we can't see him. If you think the Holy Spirit isn't working on your behalf, you just don't know who he is. The Holy Spirit is working on your behalf. He is making a way where there seems to be no way. He is opening doors no man can shut. He is healing diseases. He is providing. That is who he is. That is what he does. When you think, I'm alone, I'm out there, nothing's happening, God's not moving on my behalf, what I would tell you is stop Stop, arrest your thinking, and remember and remind yourself, who is he? Not what are are you going through, but who is he? We let God be determined far too much by our circumstances, and that's how we define God's character, instead of defining our circumstances by who God's character is. The other day, I sent a picture to Colin for, for a thing, for the thing, and there was like a swear word in it that I didn't see. And he asks me, he says to me, hey, did you send me the wrong picture? Do you want this? And I hadn't seen it. I was like, no, I didn't. I don't want that in there. No, I don't swear from the pulpit, as far as I know. Okay, um, uh, if I do, let's have a meeting, but not today. Okay, so we got another meeting. But, 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 and I try not to swear, period, okay? Uh, but but I, I don't do that. But he knew my character enough to know, I don't think my dad wants to say this. Then if somebody who doesn't know me would have seen that and said, oh, he's that kind of pastor. Oh, it's that kind of church. But he's my son and he knows me. And he knows this must be an accident. This isn't real. That's not who my dad is. And he took care of it for me. God bless him. Way to go, Colin. (laughs) That's us with Jesus, and he's doing what we can't do. So all the stuff you're seeing that you're like, this is impossible, and I can't, and this is too hard, and it's too much, and, and this is unbearable. The Holy Spirit is doing what you can't do, and you need to remind yourself of it over and over and over again. 
He's doing what you can't. Don't have confidence in what's happening. Have confidence in who God is. What's happening is a roller coaster. This life, nobody saw the last two years coming. Well, maybe somebody did, but they didn't let us in on it. And they were rough. But God did. God didn't get to 2020 and was like, I did not see this coming. (laughs) What is going? He didn't do that. God didn't freak out. And he was still moving. He was still doing great things. A lot of amazing things actually happened even in the church, right? There's a lot of purifying that happened in the church. A lot of people that were kind of exposed as like they were comfortable Christians, but they weren't committed, right? They were more into checking a box than they were saying, God, have my heart. That happened a lot in the church. And we would think that's bad. It wasn't bad, it's good. It's God saying, hey, I don't fully have you, but I want to. It's good, right? God was moving. We have to believe that. Like bondages, he's breaking them, even when you think he's not. Keep crying out. Keep believing God when, when you have no reason to because you don't believe God based on what you're in and what's happening. You believe God based on who he is. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> Finances. Man, that'll never happen. It'll never happen. We'll never get out of this. I'll never get through this. I'm going to be destitute. You know, I'm in so much debt. It's, do you believe God? He's bigger than your, he's bigger than your paycheck. He's bigger than your greed. He's bigger than your mistakes. He is bigger. The Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He also owns the hills, by the way. <laughs> like he, he's, God is not hurting for money. And the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous beg for bread. Those who are passionately pursuing Jesus, look, you can go through lean and tough times financially, but God is not going to let you be destitute. And, and just, to, just, to, just as a side note, at Thrive Church, we won't either. If you're like, I don't know how I'm going to eat, you need to tell someone. Because we'll make sure you eat. Now, if you're like, can you pay my mortgage? That's a different conversation. <laughs> We're trying to pay our own first. But, but we'll do everything we can. Disease. Some of you, you get a cancer notice. Like, that's it. It's over. Whose report will you believe? Do you believe the Holy Spirit will do what you can't? Look, if God wants to bring you home, rejoice. But until he does, fight. Stand on the word. Believe him. That God is good and he's a healer. You know, a few weeks ago, and I know she watches we're real scared for Jenny Brown's life. She's not here today. She's still recovering from COVID, but she's, she's come a long way. We're scared for her life. She was scared for her life. But man, and she's going she's gonna to give her testimony when it's time and when she's able. But one thing I want to applaud that woman, she stood in faith. She stood fast in the Lord. She stood on God's word. She stood on his promise. Doesn't mean she didn't struggle. Doesn't mean she had moments of doubt. Of course she did. She's human. But she would get back up. She'd put on worship. She would call on the name of the Lord. And God delivered her. God healed her. And God got her through. God is a healer. He will do what you can't. The Holy Spirit moves on our behalf when we say, I'm leaning into you. And all you got to do is move into him. Some of you are believing for somebody's salvation, somebody to come to know Jesus. I just want you to know him. 
I just want you to say yes to him. I don't need you to come to my church. I don't need you to give. I don't need you to agree with me. I just want you to know him. Some of you are just begging, and you're like, their heart is so hard. They're so bitter. They're so angry. They're so far. God can change the hardest heart, and you've got to believe it. You've got to believe the Holy Spirit can break a heart where it seems that person is unbreakable. Yes, he can. He really can. The hardest hearts have been broken before the Father. Man, when you're exposed to the love of Jesus, how do you say no? I can't. And it does. It breaks me down when I think about it. Like, how do you love me that much? Holy Spirit can do what you can't do. None of us saves anybody. Just get that for the record. Like, if we ask you to ask Jesus in your heart, that's not because of me or Thrive. It's the Holy Spirit. He's moving. It's between him and you. Keep going in the section, verse 41. What happens is Elizabeth meets Mary, and they're both pregnant at the same time. Mary, Mary's, Mary's pregnant with Jesus. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And here's what happens. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's a quick side note. Leave that verse up for a minute. Quick side note. This isn't political. God is very, very pro-life. Doesn't mean if you've had an abortion, God can't forgive you, redeem you, love you, and you can see that child again one day. A hundred percent. Yes. But God is pro-life. Why is God pro-life? You're like, that's political. That's not political. political politics is trying to co-opt what God authored. God authors life, not man or woman. If God authored a life, he has a purpose and a plan, always. It doesn't, we believe in adoption, we believe in a lot of options, and we've actually helped families do it over and over and over. We've helped families adopt, and we're very big believers in that. But we don't believe children are expendable. We believe right here, I mean, Scripture points to it. God believes in life because he's the author of it, and he is not the author of death in any form. Side note, so don't make it a political issue. It's a God-ordained life issue. Politics is lying to you. It's not right and left. It has nothing to do with it. They're both wrong. <laughs> they're both corrupt, okay, because they're people. <laughs> God authors life, but the point here, continuing with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is moving where we can't. There are rooms, places, and people's hearts you can't get into. And yet you need God to do something there or it'll never happen for you. The Holy Spirit's moving where you can't. You're like, I'll never get that loan. And that's every, it's everything based on the loan. Holy Spirit's moving where you can't. Right? Any pregnant mom in here, did you make your baby move or did they just move on their own? Now here and there, right? You can drink something cold and, and they'll move or you can have something spicy and they'll move and other things and they'll move, Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you, can't, you can't make, like, is there's a plenty of times they move without you wanting them to, right? You're sleeping in the middle of the night, and then the baby's like, ah, 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 <laughs> right? Like, it's not time to sleep, it's time to party, right? Many of you know. Men, we don't. We've seen it, well, we don't know, <laughs> right? And, and the Holy Spirit does that, though, on our behalf. 
moves where we can't. He authors. That's what happens in this moment. The Holy Spirit on this baby and the Holy Spirit on this baby was like, hey, this is awesome. And then the Holy Spirit falls on mom. The Holy Spirit's doing what we can't and where we can't. We just watched a documentary last night. It's really good. It's free on Hulu if you want to watch it. It's called The Jesus Music, right? The Jesus Music, was that, was that the name of it? But it's all about the birth of like, Christian music, and it came out of the Jesus movement of the 70s. If you don't know, I'll unpack it for you really quick. It became a nationwide movement, and even went somewhat around the world. But it began the author of Christian music. That's really where the whole Christian music industry birthed out of this, out of this movement at Calvary Chapel in, uh, I think it's Costa Mesa, California. And what happened is hippies started getting saved. Many churches said, you can't come in here till you cut your hair and put shoes on. But this church said, you want to know Jesus? Come on in. Let me disciple you. Let's walk with you. Let me teach you. Let's grow in you. And, and, and what happened is this movement that just exploded and went across the nation. Here's, here's what people don't know. It ended the movement of rebellion of the 1960s. A lot of people look at that like, oh, it's a great time, amazing music. All what, what, what people don't know is it was a 500% increase in the amount of STDs and how people who had them in the nation. The free love movement wasn't free. It destroyed lives. It wasn't free love. It was bondage. They were upending the government and mocking those who were giving their lives for their country. Now, we can argue whether or not the government was doing the right thing. Nine times out of ten, often not, or only partially, right? Because they're the government. But that being said, that being said, that wasn't the soldier's choice. The soldier was trying to be honorable. And then we mocked them. There was a, a spirit of rebellion in our nation. It doesn't mean God didn't do anything good with it, but God put a stop to it by seeing th- tens of thousands of young people say, wait, what about Jesus? Not the rules, not government, not, we're in the same moment now. We're in a moment where we need God to move on a generation and explode. And if he doesn't, we're done. We have a whole generation that has no understanding of what male, female value is. It's gone. They have no concept of generosity and giving. They're stuck. They're they're, they're focused on race as value. They've been lied to incessantly, and they believe most of those lies. Again, it's not a right and left issue. It's a we need Jesus issue. We need the Holy Spirit to move on this generation like he did in the 1970s. Come again, Lord, to move where we can, to speak to young people and say, none of this is right, it's all broken, but I'm not. I can save you, I can give you purpose, I can give you destiny, I can redeem you, I can give you hope, I can give you a future. We need that now. We need the Holy Spirit to move where we can't. See, I can't go into a public school classroom where kids are confused about everything. Here's, and those who would say, well, those things are great. We love those things. That's us evolving. Then why is the suicide rate skyrocketed? Why has anxiety, depression skyrocketed? Why has medications gone through the roof for children? It's not because we're better. 
It's because we left Jesus, and this is the result. It's not fixing our sin. It's coming to the Savior. It's not finding the right program and the right education and the right teaching. It's coming to the Savior. It's saying, Holy Spirit, come in. Because I can't fix this. I've tried. I, I can't do it. Anybody here watch government try to fix problems and see it not work? <laughs> Ever? In your life? You, both aisles are really bad at it. <laughs> Why? Because they're not God. They're there to help, right? I want fire. I want police. I want stoplights. I want all that. <laughs> Those are great. Those are amazing. But I don't want them telling me what right and wrong is because they're not living that way anyway. I need the Holy Spirit. I need Jesus. I need him to move where we can't, to see it in a generation, to, to move when I'm not seeing him move and believe it. God is moving in our land. We've got to believe that. He is moving. What's cool, there's whole, there's whole like church groups rising up. They're not about big names and big numbers anymore. They're just about seeking God and making him known. They're happening. There's a church in Florida called uh, Jesus Church, and then there's a group in Dallas called The Upper Room and, and numerous others. Nathan just came from a conference uh, uh, over that about a next generation being called. And, and, and Friday night, from what I understand, they didn't even have anybody preach. They just sought God's face. They just worshiped and prayed. Young people, hungry. That's happening. He is moving. Billy Graham said this. He said, can you see God? Have you ever seen him? I've seen the wind. I've never seen the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. And those who are like Mary and Elizabeth who are listening and submitted to God and saying, Holy Spirit, do what you want, you will sense and feel and know when God is moving. And I'm telling you, the wind is picking up. The wind of God is starting to blow. And for those who are saying, God, I want it, do what you can, do what I can. Move where I can. We're going to see it. We will. Verse number 80, and the child became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. That's about John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit was on him in a powerful way and preparing him those two moms, when you're a mom or about to be, you have an expectation that something great is about to happen. And it grows and grows and grows to the point where when you're about to give birth, you are, you know that's filled with pain and struggle, but you know the promise and the relief are worth it. You have expectations. That God is going to do something awesome. He is preparing you. He is moving in you. He's doing that now. He's preparing his church and his people for those who are like, bring it, Lord. I want all that you got. Right now, if we still had all the same people pre-COVID, uh, now, you know what? Some of those people would be saying, I don't want that. I don't want what God's going to do because they didn't. That's why the Lord brought about a purging. But those who are still here, those who've come now, and those who, and I don't mean just thrive, I mean the church across the globe who said, I'm in, I want Jesus. Those, who are, those ones, they're going to see the wind. 
They're going to experience the move of God. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is going to do something awesome in our time. And here's the question, are you ready? Are you expectant? Do you come Sunday morning saying, move? God, come on. Do something in my life. Speak to me. Tell me something. I'm, I'm ready to worship. I'm ready to hear from you. I'm ready to give. I'm ready to be there for somebody. I'm ready for you to change my mindsets on things. Do you come that way? Or are you like, let me check my Christian box. Okay, I feel a little better about me. And let's go about my week. Now look, if you're starting there, there's no shame on you for that. We understand. A lot of, we start in all kinds of places. But if you've been following Jesus for a while, you should get to the place where you know him enough that the Holy Spirit is moving where I can't, when I can't, and preparing me for when he is going to move. You should come expecting. How many of us pray, and those prayers are more like wishes than hope? Hope is knowledge that God is going to move. A wish is just saying, well, we'll see what happens. Come expecting that God is great and God is on the move. The Holy Spirit wants that for your life. He wants you to know him that way. He wants you to walk with him that way. How many of you are, have ever had a baby and you, you get the idea of expecting? You get the idea of knowing something's happening that I can't even see, but it's awesome. I can feel it. I sense it. That's, that's a picture of what the Holy Spirit's doing and all the time. Are you ready for the wind of God to move in your life? Do you want it? Or are you like, ah, I'd like to do one of these with God. <laughs> Stay right about there. That's good. That's good. That's, you know, some of us don't like, we all don't like close talkers, right? The person who's like, hey, how are you today? <laughs> You're the best. Right, and they always have halitosis, right? Hi, how are you? Want to go on a helium balloon ride, you know? We do that with the Holy Spirit far too much, though. And because he's un- it, it, it's only uncomfortable. I'm going to say this, and we're going to close. Allowing the Holy Spirit in is only uncomfortable when we don't want to trust him. I'll say that one more time. Allowing the Holy Spirit in is only uncomfortable when we don't want to trust him. When we surrender our trust and say, here, take control, take the lead, God. Move, and I want to be in on whatever it is that you're doing. And if you want that, if we want that, let's step into it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We hope this message spoke to you and helped you grow in your knowledge of and love for God. Visit us online anytime at EncounterThrive.com and reach out with questions, prayer requests, or comments. We hope to see you for our in-person services in Lockport, Illinois, Sundays at 10.
Take me to the deep.